All right, let's go. I always liked when when uh, a team really comes out flying. It's sign of a good coach, I think. Boston Bruins are thirteen and two. That's pretty good. Yep. This is uh, Sunday morning, so they they won yesterday. Beat Buffalo. Winnipeg, eight and three, pretty good. Uh, New Jersey, did you like that? Uh, Twelve and three. Twelve and three. That's pretty good. Twelve. Yeah, well, we were just watching that today. It was funny. At the, at the beginning of the year, they lost the first couple of games, yeah. and the New Jersey Devil fans were going, fire Lindy, fire Lindy Ruff, fire yeah. Lindy. And then yesterday, they were going, sorry, Lindy. <laughs> They've won nine in a row. Yeah, yeah, they won nine in a row. And he says, the funny thing is, is we didn't need, we, uh, the coaches never heard it, and I never heard it. Yeah. I mean, it would have felt good. The Islanders are, 12 and, uh, are 10 and 6, which is pretty good. And Vegas is 13-2. and two. You expect that with uh, Cassidy because he's a good coach. They're all good coaches. But I love it when a team gets up. Pretty good. But you always, your whole thing was you put the lines together right at the beginning of training camp. I did. And I, you, did, you didn't shuffle the lines. You put the defense pair together. And you, you, your big thing was because the Bruins, you always came out strong. Yeah, we always come out flying. The and, thing is, Dad, you said earlier that uh, we, huh? we were talking was that you, you geared the whole season for the playoffs. I did, and I worked on the playoffs, and I used to. But, you know, the guys in Rochester never liked me. Uh, the players or the manager? The players, the manager. Well, no, they didn't like me. The reason was I didn't give anybody a chance. I, I, give, I had to give um, uh, Dwight Foster a chance. I had to give Dougie Halward a chance because they were the number, number one draft choices. But I would never give the rest of the guys a chance because I, if I would get again, if I would get down, a guy get hurt, I would wouldn't play. I would I'd play short. You don't need, you know, you don't need four lines anyhow. And and Harry said, if you get down to two and you don't bring up anybody, I'm you're going to have to bring up somebody. But they never liked me in Rochester, and they were our farm team. Yeah, because as you say, you knew what your team was at the beginning of the year, and yeah. you right from day one you set the training camp and. When you guys would, when the Bruins would slump, it always seemed to be in the middle of the season. I we were in first spot all the time and come out flying. And the other team, and I went like I went in. We went into depression, and I know what Bruce Boudreau is going through. You can't. You just you think of a million ways, a million ways to try to get tacked about it. It never happens. So and what did you do when your team was in? I a can't slump? remember what I did was, but they. But they, you. But you. Like you were saying a lot of times, like but like last night, uh, Vancouver was in Toronto. They were up to nothing. The little ticky tack penalty. Toronto gets a, a power play goal. Like they, the brutal uh, penalties. They, oh. they, they they come back, and then the Vancouver hits two goal posts. But you you said a lot of times when you're in that, it's just everything that could go wrong goes wrong. Every everything that goes wrong, the goalies can't stop a puck. And the guys can't check the guy can't do, and and would all come when we have a real good start. They get into bad habits, and you couldn't correct them because you win seven three. Well, how are you gonna how are you gonna give them bad yeah. habits? But I remember you always telling me that you had to be very careful about talking about the players when they're losing. Yeah, you, you, you had never to, chastised them. Did I you? think that Terry O'Reilly said it best. He said he said when we were winning. 
he was he was hard on us then. And when when we were losing, and you know, and, and I think he was almost uh, uh, what was he effeminate, if, if, like their mo- our mother. And he said he would never give us heck when we were losing. Boy, I wanted to give them heck, but yeah, because you're you you know you're. I remember you saying he goes. They were trying just as hard, if not harder. They were harder. Losing. That was the problem. That's what's happened with the Vancouver. Uh, you know, when they were they were up two nothing. I knew what was going to happen. I sh- if I had been a bet, but talk about betting. Can I mention? Yeah, we won't mention the betting site, but but no, no. Austin Matthews is representing a betting site. He was Holy on the, the front of the Toronto Sun the other day. I, front page, front too. page. Am I? Can I ask a question, Tim? Dad, am I the only person that see that sees the problem in a hot and a player that's playing the game now, representing a gaming site? Yeah, I, 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 I just don't see, I can't see no, that being that? legal. Well, I, like, I could think Batman wouldn't be happy with that because you can go on, like, spreads.ca, you can go on, and it's the betting site that, that uh, Matthews is uh, um, promoting, you can go on and bet if he's going to score or not. You know what I mean? And that's just... So, it, there's something not quite right. No. And no. I, has it ever been Anyhow, brought up? Let's ever get with been, spread. That's the best one. <laughs> yeah, but we'll, go, we'll talk about spreads. But So we all know Matthews, he's doing that other sports site. But we want to thank our sports site, spreads.ca. They're a Canadian-owned online casino and sports book. And if you sign up now and use the promo grapes, they'll match your deposit up to $500. You get 10 spins on the big wheel for some big dough. And on your first sports bet, they'll spot you 25 bucks. So, uh, oh, But I- Matthews, though, I mean, he's... I mean, he used to be one of the sharpest dressed guys him in the league. And him and Marner used to come in How together. How about that picture on the cover of the Sun? Uh, just like I used people going to look at it. He, first oh. of all, I thought he looked like Phil Kessel, but well, Phil why, Kessel, why do you say keep? Saying, I, I don't know because he's kind of. He looks first of all, he looks like he's really out of shape. Kessel, I, I think he's rebelling. I don't know how old he is, but all this, but I think he's still rebelling against. Good-looking guy, and uh, uh, just when you look and you look at him, and he just he looks awful. And then you turn the cover, and there's George St. Pierre with a clean-shaven, shaved head, nice yeah. tight t-shirt on. Anyhow, that was. But I, I just don't understand Matthews. Well, as long as he scores goals, right? Who yeah, cares? as long as he scores goals, he's playing pretty good too. I did a, a quick. Yeah, just one more thing I want to mention that uh, back in Vegas, Jack Eichel gets the hat trick in in Buffalo. Oh yeah, and he acted pretty good. He did. He well, he he went to the crowd a, you know, a, with a little bit. But you know, like I, we were saying, we'll never know what what that situation was. That was that's got to be yeah, one of the strangest situations, and nobody in the media. And basically, the problem was he had a a, a vertebrae that was bothering him in his neck, and he wanted a replacement surgery. It was, uh, like, I forget what it was. Uh, yeah, it was a replacement surgery for a vertebrae in his neck, and then um, the club, and then Buffalo wanted another type of surgery, yeah. and that they couldn't come to an agreement of how to get do this, and that's why they they got traded. Now that was a story that was out there, unless there was more to the story. Uh, there's going to be more to the story. It's weird how like I said, it's almost like the whole Ted Nolan thing. When Ted Nolan with Buffalo oh, was. Oh, I remember Ted Nolan. I mean, he was coach of the year, and the fans loved him. And The owner, owner's and, wife? Yes, they, they got, they fired him, and the owner's wife was outside with the fans protesting that yeah, he got I had fired. Yeah, sign. <laughs> but, but we never know, we never knew what happened there. No, he was pretty good. He, he was good looking now, but you should have seen him when he was, uh, when he was coaching. 
I remember I had a meeting meeting with him. I coached the Mississauga Ice Dogs. I remember I had a meeting with him, and he had on his hair was really long then. He really had long hair, and I, I think he was smoking too at the time. It's mint, mint. That's what he was smoking: mint cigarettes or something. Boy, he was, and he had a black turtleneck on. God, he looked like yeah. The one bad, like I saw an interview with that. He said the one thing that really upset him was they said he showed up to the rink drunk, and no, that, never, and, he, and he, you know that we knew that never happened. That was the rumor going out, and he was upset because one of his family members died of consumption. Yeah, he he made, and, he and it was break. upset, but that that didn't happen. Something. Yeah, I don't think he get along with management or has. I think he was like me. He couldn't get along with management, and uh, that's probably it because he got, never got another job. Never got another and job, he, and he was coach of the year. And, and that was like you. you. You went to war with Harry and Ray Muron, and that was it. That was it for me. Anyhow, what were, what were, you, what were, we're you just talking about surprises, and Eichel got the hat trick and, and all that. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of upside down. St. Louis is struggling. Vancouver's oh, struggling. You know. Yeah, all the, all the good, good teams. I, you I know see. what the common denominator is, Dad? What? All the good teams have good goalies. At all the struggling teams, <laughs> yeah. goalies aren't good. And that's going to be till, till the end of day. But I have to say something about the penalties now. Holy smoke. You see the p- players protesting, going to the thing. They can't believe it. When you, we hear, when you, when you see a referee blow the whistle, everybody looks, who, 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 who's getting it? Yeah. And you just knew last night when Toronto got that power play on that chintzy penalty and they scored. You almost could see the wind go out of, you could, yeah. the, the, out of Vancouver sails. Yeah. And they got three goals in, what, like about two minutes? Yeah, and then they... Uh, it, it, anyhow, I'm, I'm watching television the other night, and just before I go to bed, about one o'clock in the morning, they had uh, Peter McNabb. And I said, uh, in memory of Peter McNabb, and then they had a picture of him and I. And you, and and I, you hadn't known that he passed? I, I didn't know. I said, oh, holy gee. smokes. I remember when he when he was in Colorado, he was a great. Uh, he was a good. He was a star. He was a like star. he was an analysis for. Yeah, for and he was good, and he always had a smile on his face. Yeah, and so he really loved Peter Forsberg. Yeah. I mean, he really, really, you know, he, he thought he was the greatest player, and uh, I said, and I'm just kidding him. I just said ah, that Forsberg is overrated. Holy smokes. He had tears in his eyes thinking back. He's I thought you knew something about hockey. Great. <laughs> <laughs> he was a passionate guy. The funny thing is that like everybody talked about Peter as as an as a as an analyst guy, like a color guy and all oh, that. Oh, is that right? Yeah, then Colorado because he was there since like thirty years. Yeah, they said. he was there. A long was he time. controversial or did he? No, well? he was just good. He you just know, good. Peter's always laughing and joking. Yeah, right? he, he would was, be entertaining. He, he was always. So, he played for you in Boston for three years, right? And he was traded for Andy Savard. In the three years, he got 114 goals, 246 points, and he was tied in 77-78. He was tied in for seventh in the league in goals. I wish some people would have said he was a he was a big time goal scorer back then. Yeah, and, and nobody knew it. Nobody knows it. Like he was, he, he, you know, 143 goals, goals in three years. Yeah. Pretty good. I remember. I remember one time we were all getting off the, and I was the last guy off the plane, and and that uh, big thick, big, really a big thick book uh, must have cost a lot of money. Was it? What did he call those guys? Back then, remember the Harry Krishnas used to uh, walk the airports. Oh, right. yeah. Yeah, yeah, and they uh, and he must have forgot his book. So I had a meeting with the guys and you know waiting for our bags, and I said on behalf of the Harry Krishner, they know how you how you uh, your life. I, 
I said, here's the book. And, and he went along with it. Yeah, he was always funny. Because he was in the Transcendental Meditation. Yes. Like, he was kind he of He was at, before his time. He definitely Absolutely. was before his time. He, like, I think he fooled around with being uh, a vegetarian. Yeah. I don't think he told you that. No, and then you always said Peter McNabb is my what was, golden retriever. He's a golden retriever, retriever on a team, team of pit, pit bulls. bulls. <laughs> yeah, I remember one time I seemed to be talking about the when I was in the losing all the time. I remember Harry flew out to uh, Colorado, and I and I found out the night before, so I was prepared. So uh, I got a room for him. It was just a little room, and they were all sitting on the bed. Because you guys are on a big losing streak, eh? Oh, weird. Wow, for the GM to fly out when you're on a losing yeah, streak. Yeah, and with Tom Johnson, two of them. Boy, yeah, oh, and I'm going to give it to you. And I said, okay, everybody in the room. And, and Harry comes in, and he, I remember he had a light blue uh, shirt on. And he started to sweat when he was talking, eh? <laughs> oh, so you could see the skin. Yeah, you could see. You could, oh, jeez. And every, he's giving it to, you know, it's just going on. And, and, so I, I, you know, at the end, when you know a guy is winding down, you know, the coach always says, okay, guys, let's go and we get him tonight or something like that. Yeah, so he's expecting you to bail him out at yeah, the end and, and stop. I, yeah, I didn't. I just let him go right <laughs> to the very end. So he's got to say something as he's leaving. And Peter's did. see, Peter's really paying attention to him. Like, yeah, of all know? the guys that would really be hanging on to all yeah. his words, it I can't would be see Peter, cash. I think he was paying attention. And he looked at Peter and he said, you haven't changed. Your checking hasn't changed in one iota. Well, we call him iota for about... You said uh, Peter just about fell off the bed. So anyhow... <laughs> We were shocked because of all the guys, that, and um, Peter, and he fell back in the bed. He said, "Ah, ah, ah!" I remember him going like that. Why me? Why me? <laughs> I and, can see him. Yeah, I, the one thing I remember about Peter was he he was he was big. He was six three. Eh? He was a big guy. Yeah. And I remember I was before the game, uh, before the practice. I was out skating, and remember we used, I, we told people that I used to get Ricky Middleton's stick. Yeah. And Dad's mentality was well. You know, I was maybe about eleven. My it, it, the stick for a, a grown man, it shouldn't be for an eleven-year-old. So you used to shave my yeah. stick down quite a bit, thin, thin and enough. and used to take a long time doing it, get a rasp I, and shave it down. So I was out skating with I was out skating, and Peter came out. He says, "Okay, Tim, let's see you take a slap shot." And I says, "Well, I don't know how to take a slap shot." He says, "You don't know." How, yeah, he goes, "How are you going to make the National Hockey League if you don't know how to take a slap shot?" So he's showing me how to take a slap shot, and you you for some reason you came out early. And it, you were mad. I could tell skating over. We go, what are you doing, Peter? He goes, well, Tim doesn't know how to take a slap shot. And Dad, go, you go, well, I don't want him to take a slap shot. He says, he's got to learn how to handle the puck and shoot a wrist shot. I don't want him. He says, Peter goes, well, how's he going to make the National Hockey League? And you go, he goes, when he gets older, any dummy can shoot slap a puck. He says, I want you to. So you guys got to a big argument about whether I should learn how to take a slap shot. So Peter said, Tim, take a slap shot. And I took a slap shot. My stick snapped right in two. Oh. <laughs> and Peter's like, Peter goes, all right, I'm not saying anything more. I'm not saying anything more. And he would go. But then um, afterwards, like, uh, like, like I would go on and Craig Cheevers and Robbie Cheevers, the sons, Scott Cashman, we'd go on the ace of skate. But we always knew stay away at center ice after oh, practice because him, him and Terry O'Reilly would play keep away. It, it was unbelievable. Yeah, you, you'd have to tell a new guy out after practice stay away from the center ice because they'd play t- keep away in the center ice. Both of them, and they were big guys, six yeah. three, and Terry. Well, that's O'Reilly. how I would think fights might start because you said no. We just kept away from yeah. them, mm-hmm. and well, nobody wanted to fight Terry, and. Um, 
It was unbelievable. If you if you, you skated near in center ice and, and you weren't paying attention, you could get hurt. They really just bowl right over you. Hey, well, I think Terry and Peter were almost were best of friends. They, they were the best of friends. And um, I, I remember when um, I used to start, start I, I'd start uh, Peter was six foot three. Uh, Terry was about six foot two. And um, Winsink, and he was really, he was about six foot for one. And I used to start everybody that was big. And then I started Millbury, which was six foot one, and, uh, and then I put Park on, who was a superstar. Uh, not not a bad. Uh, That's pretty intimidating. Yeah. yeah. So I used to start those guys all the time, and you look out on the ice because you know you fool around. Here's these great big guys and and Park. So you started them, but I remember one game in the playoffs against Montreal. Oh. Yeah, Scotty did it. Scotty Bowman. I. I you know the first line. You know the first line he used to put on. Steve Shutt had fifty some goals. Uh, he had sixty. Yeah, sixty goals. Yeah, sixty goals. That's not too bad. <laughs> Gee, and uh, Lemaire had about thirty five, and, yeah. and 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 Lafleur on the other side had fifty two. Fifty. Jeez, you look out on the ice and you those when you start those guys, you'd say, well, why even play the game? But um, but yeah, so it was in, I guess it was game four in the semi. Oh, it was the finals the second time at the finals and he put out all his you had Winston. no i i i had i i just had regular lines of, and he he said i'm going to show you uh scott uh, scotty said i'm going to show this guy that i'm got a tougher team and and uh, who, who, who uh, he, uh, he put out uh lupian robinson riseboro B- uh, bouchard and then uh, i think savard was on the ice at the time so and you had peter Wensink and Terry, which was your normal line, and Wensink, yeah, Peter and Wensink, and so then what did you do? You took I, I said, oh, I, I I see what he's doing. So I I sent out Stan Jonathan to play center, and Peter McNabb said it was the happiest moment of my life. He says when I saw it because <laughs> he I knew said, there was trouble was coming. He, he, knew, he knew trouble that was coming. That must have been a sight to see though, because Stan was a lot shorter <laughs> than any like of about them. Five nine, be, yeah. yeah, but he was five nine wide. And uh, and that was the infamous Bouchard Jonathan yeah, fight right was, after that. And, and you know, Lupian and Winsink fought. Yeah, and it went on and on and on. I think it was about a half hour. Yeah. So what do you remember about Peter Cindy? What I remember is well, I remember is that when they used to come over, his wife was Diane, and she was a really good tennis player. And, and she uh, was a like an athlete. Right? Right? Yeah, yeah, she was, and she used to give me uh, tennis lessons. But anyway, they used to come over to play tennis. We had tennis courts in the back. And it was Terry O'Reilly and his wife, and Diane and Peter. What was her name? Lordis. Lordis, right? And you know, she beautiful. She was beautiful, but unfortunately, she didn't know how to play tennis. And of course, Diane and Peter, they didn't let up. And oh, Peter used to get so upset. No, Peter used to tease Terry. Yeah, well, you can imagine the the. the and he's not a guy to, to tease. Yeah, he doesn't take teasing well. And then, so what does he do? He starts yelling at Lordis. <laughs> <laughs> so, so mom come down and said, that's it. No more wives and husbands can play together because you guys just can't have a nice game. Used, everybody used to come over and play in that tennis court. Yeah. It was the most beautiful tennis court. It was all surrounded by... Well, yeah, they used to have all the Bruins, like a lot of the Bruins used yeah, to come over. Yeah, they used over. to all come over and play oh, tennis. Was- then I, I remember that uh, Peter came over. We had a big pool and he would swim laps in the pool. Yeah. But our pool was really warm because remember the sun used to hit it from yeah. morning till night. It wasn't warm, yeah. And he was always teasing to you and I that we, we the water was so warm because you and I couldn't like, like the cold. So, yeah. you know, he's, so blue was our 
Bull Terrier Blue was just kind of sitting there watching what's going on. She was sitting underneath the table, and she didn't like water running for whatever reason. I, I and remember, know. on the opening of Coach's Corner, you see her barking. That's when we had water running. Yeah. So Peter was doing laps. So Peter got out of the pool being a wise guy saying, I got to cool myself down because it's so hot. You guys have the water so hot. So we turned on the hose. I never swam or anything. And turned on the hose and we yelled, Peter, drop the water, drop the hose. And he's white. And blue, like the table went flying and blue just come roaring at him, just barking. And he dropped, just in the last minute, Peter dropped the hose and Blue grabbed the hose. Well, Peter had to go sit down. He was in a cold sweat. And Dad goes, oh, that would have been nice. I, my, my, my 40 goal score is out because my dog bit him. <laughs> Harry would have been happy about that one. Well, you and, you and his wife, Diane, you guys got into it a couple of times. Oh, well, I used to kid her all the time and she used to get mad all the yeah, time. Peter, you could kid and he would do it. But you'd kid Diane, she'd get mad. Yeah, she'd get mad. But she did, she, she could give it to you pretty good. Yeah, she, yeah, I heard. I, uh, she, one time she hit me. One time we're, uh, we were going to Philly and we beat Philly in Philly. Twice in the playoffs. In the, in the playoffs and we're walking off and I said, and she said that, that was a great game. There were great games down there. I said, yeah, yeah, I coached them again. And she hit me over the head with a purse. <laughs> How many nowadays would a player's wife Yeah, and a I coach? thought it was funny. You thought it was funny. But didn't you and her get into it about a line of uh, being cutting, uh, cutting kids? Oh, yeah. She, she I, I, we, I don't know. I, we, I don't know how I ever got. She was, I think she was a coach. Like she was for a, a a, a prep school like either a tennis or a ski coach or something yeah. like that and she would said to you oh you know the hardest thing was cutting these guys cutting the yeah. you know, guys off the team and you said oh yeah it's really hard to cut them and then she said yeah and she put she said well i said how did you cut them and she said i used to put the list on the board and if your name wasn't on the board it wasn't on the list and you didn't play and i said oh, that's chicken shit the way to do you got to go up to them and look them in the eye and say you're going down because just going down. I remember one time I did that with Dougie Gibson. He scored two goals, and I had to go up and practice. And, you know, he thought, he, two goals? And uh, I remember I had to go up and tell him, oh, I didn't. That was the hardest I've ever uh, tell a guy after he scored two goals. Anyhow. Yeah, so she she kind of argued with you, and you guys kind of got into an argument, and Peter just loved it. He just, oh, yeah. <laughs> he just did back loving it. <laughs> Wasn't well, there a time afterwards when uh, they let you go with Bruins that you were uh, you were helping one of them move or something? No, I was there. I wasn't helping them. I was guess I guess you I were wasn't. supervising or what? I don't know what I was doing, but I told them they, they were moving. It, it was, yeah, it was. You were at Terry's place, Terry yeah. Riley's, and he, he was moved moving. to a new place called Terry Lane. Right. So he had a regular fridge up in like on the second floor of his garage oh, where yeah. he used to do the stained glass. Remember Terry used yeah, to do he, stained glass. Yeah, stained, stained glass. And um, so go on. So, he, so, so I told him, I said, you better, I, I would empty that fridge first. I would not move the fridge. And they said, you're not our coach anymore. Peter said, you're not our coach anymore. You can't tell us what to do. Said, okay. So when they moved the fridge, they'd put the door open and the door come open and the stuff went all over the garage. Right again. Oh, that must have been a sight. So, Dad, I know you called Peter a golden retriever, but did he ever get in a fight? He got in two. He got in a fight with the. He would never fight guys that are smaller than him. And at the, I remember one time we were playing in Cleveland, I think it was, and there was a fight at the end of the period. And I said, "Who the who the heck's fighting?" I'm looking around and all, and he says, "Peter." I said, "Peter," 
he he was always like and he and I listened to an, an interview he had. He was the first guy I ever heard. And the guy asked him in Boston, oh, I forget what, what we were down there for. Oh, I know, 20, 11, 20 goal scores. And um, he says, that was big boy hockey. That was the first time I ever heard that. Yeah. And it was big boy hockey. When I see the penalties now, I just yeah. shake, make, make my head. Yeah, but Peter, like everybody, like I say, though, that he was every, always laughing. He's always laughing. He was such a good guy. And it's kind of shocking to me because that's how I kind of remember Peter. He was six foot three. Always laughing, always joking. I mean... Well, it was tough the other night. It was tough the other night when I... Just before I went to bed and uh, they said, remembering Peter McNabb. I said, oh, no. And then they showed a picture of me. It was tough to see. 